Welcome to episode 85 of F-Stop Collaborate and Listen. This week we're talking to none other than Ryan Dyer. I feel like Ryan Dyer doesn't really need an introduction as he's recognized as one of the most influential and eye-catching landscape photographers from the past decade. Um, In this episode, I really wanted the listeners to get to know Ryan as a person. So, you know, we talked about how Ryan makes money as an artist, how he handles comp stomping, uh, what he thinks about drones, and uh, talked a lot about his videos on editing. Over on Patreon this week, for anyone who's subscribed at the $5 a month or higher level, you can listen to our chat about emotional connection and how it drives his artwork. A quick announcement for those of you looking to up your art selling game. If you're looking for a concrete way to improve your sales as an artist, I highly encourage you to look into my friend Jason Matias' service called The Art of Selling Art. Uh, His videos and advice are full of amazing tips that I'm sure will elevate you to the next level if you take it seriously. I'm also amazed at how accessible Jason is. He will chat with you on the phone, answer all of your questions. He's awesome. Uh, Right now, it costs $180 a year. But that is ending on December 18th when he switches to $500 for a lifetime membership. Anyone subscribing between now and then will be grandfathered into the new structure, which will include a coaching program and a Finding Your Voice workshop. Check it out. I subscribed and it has been really useful. Head over to jasonmatias.com to find out more. Special thanks to our Patreon supporters and podcast producers, Michael Howard, Jack Curran, Eric Stenslin, Chris Rice, Jeff Peterson, Charlotte Gibb, and Jason Matias. These amazing folks contribute at the $20 a month level and higher on our Patreon page. If you too want to advertise your services to the landscape photography community, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash f-stop and listen. Enjoy the show! Ryan Dyer, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Yeah, man, I'm happy to be here. Hopefully, I, I won't run this ship into the into the into the shore. Well, you know, a lot of people have said that they wanted to try and they they haven't succeeded so far. So, um, I think it was Gary Randall. Or I think he's like, well, this is probably the last episode. <laughs> Gary's a, a really good dude. I've known him for like, I don't know, 11, 12 years. Yeah, that's he was actually uh, saying that on the the Facebook group for the podcast. He said you guys used to stomp around Portland together. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. He's he's like yeah. the, the the grandpa of all, <laughs> all us younger Northwest photographers. You started on Flickr. Oh, I'm gonna have to start calling him Grandpa. I like it. <laughs> grandpa Randall. Oh, sorry, sorry, Gary. Uh, I think he'll, he'll he'll get a kick out of that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, cool. So, you know, one of the main things that um, that I thought would be fun to talk about, and it's actually your idea, but I'm just stealing it, um, is to talk about this idea of this thing that's be, that we see that's so prevalent in the landscape photography community, um, and that is uh, infighting and controversy that falls that comes out of all of that infighting, and so. Obviously, that topic resonated for you for a reason, so I'm just going to let you kick it off. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's this trend that I've been noticing get, getting worse and worse, you know, over the past ten years, and I've been the brunt of it. I think a lot of people have been the brunt of it of you know receiving criticism that seems odd mm. or criticism that doesn't necessarily 
you know, speak to your work, uh-huh. but speaks to you as a person, which is kind of strange. Can you give me an example of uh, things that you've seen that have been like the focus of infighting or like, I w- I'd also be curious, like, what are some of the things that people have said to you that you're like, really? Well, the, the attack is of me as a person. Huh. There was a website several years ago that attacked a bunch of us is. Oh, that we, website. Yeah, that website. <laughs> the, the Mark Adamus lies or whatever. Yes, that one. Brilliant. It's actually kind of funny. Uh, I I think it was Arlid Heitman said in the comments. Arlid, yeah. He, he, <laughs> he said, did Ryan start that page? <laughs> it, was, it was a really weird publicity ploy. Yes. That's definitely some guerrilla shit right there. Yeah, but that was weird because it didn't attack my photography. You know? Right. So. Yeah, that was a that was a that was a weird a weird website because it attacked people and not just their photos. Yeah, and you know, as as somebody who puts themselves out there a little bit, you kind of have to expect it. Sure. But not to that degree, you know, that seemed really malicious. Yeah, I remember I talked with uh, Miles about that on Patreon for his episode, and he was telling me like that they were basically like going after like his livelihood, you know, like attacking his like his job, like emailing his boss and stuff like that. Like that's some crazy shit. Yeah, that goes way too far. That goes beyond the person behind the camera. That goes straight into their life, which is just. I don't know, strange. Like, I I don't get the reasoning behind it. Well, I mean, I think that's probably a, a very exceptional yes. um, case of what that's, you're that's describing. Ex- yeah, it's like one extreme thing that happened that it's not yeah. always like that. But, you know, just people wanting to, how do I put this? Everybody's got an opinion. And you know what they say about opinions, you know? <laughs> And it's kind of one of those things where I've gotten so wrapped up in that in my own head that I've really stopped sharing my opinion mm. publicly just because I don't want to be swept up in all that BS, you know. I don't want people to look at me as that guy. So maybe to the de- detriment of my business or whatever, I've really slowed down online with interacting with people mm. just out of fear of getting into some weird internet photography beef, you know? Uh-huh. So. Well, yeah, I, I totally appreciate that. I mean, I actually had a fairly uh, public, uh, I don't know, spat, I guess you would call it, with a yeah. photographer about, it was, a, mm, it was like eight months ago, and it was, uh, it just got really ugly. And like, yeah, it was pretty sad to see how it just, Devolved, and I, I tried to stay, you know, pretty like you know, uh, professional Neutral, about yeah, it. Like, just yeah. you know, here's my opinion. Here's what I th- here's why I think what you're saying is wrong. But I'm not attacking you as a person. And then, yeah, they just wow, they just took it to the next level. <laughs> but yeah, it makes me wonder why people care so much about what other people are doing. You know, yeah, like it. I feel bad for anybody who gives me a second of thought throughout the day. Like I really do, because <laughs> I'm. I mean, I'm a self admitted loser. So if you're spending time thinking about, about me, positive or negative, maybe reconsider, you know, what, what you got going on because I'm, I'm the last person to think about. You know. Yeah. 
Well, I think a lot of it has to do with, um, honestly, like psychology and ego, like, uh, you know, people are constantly comparing themselves to other people, but not just, you know, not just your, your qualities as a human, but, um, you, you find it in any, anything that can be viewed as a competition, which unfortunately I think a lot of people see landscape photography as a competition of sorts. I mean, yeah. There's well, social media has really become a big problem with with people's egos and self esteem and things like that. You know, right? We're constantly comparing our lives to to the lives that other people show us, right? You know, not the lives that they live, the lives that they show us. And I'm guilty of that. Like, I don't post an Instagram story of me vacuuming my house. It's me, you know. <laughs> doing something fun with my friends. Right. Or like, you know, Oh, I got into another argument with my wife last night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, nobody shares their real true life online. Right. You know, so, so when you look at other people's lives, all you see is the best parts, which makes you go, well, shit, why, why does my life suck? Right. You no, know, everybody's life sucks, you know? And so, you know, that, that whole thing has gotten our mindset into really, trying to become somebody on the internet and that gets translated into how we treat other people, mm. you know? So, yeah, that's funny. That's actually, um, I think a very related topic to this thing of whole of event fighting is I think, um, people online, I think for some weird reasons, like they have this fake bravado or personality that they're trying to present themselves as like yeah. to convince people yeah. that, that they are like irrelevant, like, you know, that they're a noise that's worth listening to because yeah. the signal to noise ratio is so difficult yeah. to overcome. Um, now I used to get caught up in that too. Like, and, and maybe I still do sometimes, but I'm like actively avoiding being that guy on the internet, you know, cause I see it and I'm like, ah, I don't want to be that, you know, when, when I see somebody else do it. Yeah. And that's, that's fine. If you, if you want to be that way, if that's who you are, I'd like, I'm not judging anybody at all. I'm judging myself and how I want to be as a person. Yeah. Not, not as a photographer, but as a person. I, I don't want to be labeled like, you know, Ryan Dyer is a photographer like this, or, you know, Ryan Dyer, the photographer presents himself this way. I want to be like, okay, Ryan Dyer is just like a, an okay guy. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, when when I die, I don't but want to be remembered for what I did with a camera. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. like photography is just not that important in my in my life, I guess. But the older I get, the more I'm like, okay, well, what am I doing as a human mm-hmm. instead of what what am I doing as a photographer? You know, so maybe I'm bouncing all over the place here. But no, I'm just how does like I think that's an important thing because I I I struggle with that too. Like, how do you how do you um, differentiate? Uh, the two things like your who you are as a person and who you are as a photographer because I think in some ways uh, having those two things intertwined can be very powerful and can inform your work but on the other side of things I feel like it can also make you lose sight of things that might be more important in life I think was kind of to your point (laughs) yeah I mean Especially in in a family like mine where, you know, I do this for a living. My wife is into photography and does it on the side as well. And and so it can easily become like our whole, 
you know, focus is like wrapped around photography and it becomes our lives and the, the topic at the dinner table and all that. But I, I take a step back and I go, okay, I'm, I spend more time as, you know, trying to be a good husband, trying to be a good father. You know, those are the two things that when I, you know, look at my life, like those are the things that really matter right now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, but then the photography matters because that's, you know, pays the bills around here. And, it didn't, and my wife works as well. I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm the sole money earner, but, you know, photography has to be important to an extent. And, you know, I do love it. it, it it's the best thing I've, I've ever done in my life. Aside from, you know, being a husband and a father and all that, but something for me that I find fulfillment in photography is super important. Like, like one of the most important, you know, hobbies or, you know, art things I've ever picked up, but I don't want that to be my whole life's work. You mm-hmm. know, if that makes sense. No, it totally makes sense. And I mean, <laughs> I think if I hear what you're trying to say, really, it's that you want to be seen as Ryan Dyer, the pretty much pretty okay dude versus Ryan Dyer, the, landscape photographer that did x y and z yeah or or ryan dyer you know who everybody knows everything about me and you know realizes i'm a moron (laughs) or or ryan dyer like oh yeah we know who he is and don't know much about him but he seems okay i guess you know so i just i don't want to put my life out there too much anymore you know just because you know i've got more important things than than like my social media you know ambiance for sure did did that um did that website have anything to do with you um kind of shifting more in that direction like did it i mean that was like did it shake you up a little bit for sure it shook me up when it happened because it was such like a personal thing and when it happened I, i mean i was pretty young it was 10 years ago. I mean, in the past 10 years, I've done like a ton of growing up and, sure. you know, I, I have my wife and, and stepdaughter to thank for that, but <laughs> they kind you know, of forced that shit, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and that, and, you know, surrounding myself with good friends like Miles and David and, and guys like that who, you know, are, are older than me and I can look up to and go, Oh, that's how you're supposed to act as a, like a mature adult, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it shook me up because I was a kid and, you know, I'd, I'd gone through so much shit before that, you know, personally, which is why I got into photography. And so I reacted like, you know, a punk kid would and I was, you know, blew my lid and, you know, would write comments back on the on the website, you know, saying, you know, less than, than <laughs> jo- jolly things. and <laughs> Things you're not proud it, of. Yes. And, and, you know, I went back and deleted them, you know couple of days after I set them because you don't want to feed that fire. But, uh, you know, so when things like that, I mean, not to that extent, like that's not happened again, but you know, every now and then somebody will, you know, come around and say something to me. And, you know, I just, if, if I reply at all, I just say, okay, yeah, you're entitled to your opinion. Like we all are. I mean, like, I don't, I don't have any ill feelings towards anybody in the photography community, like at all. Like whether I've, I've seen their work and I'm like, oh, that's yeah, not really something I would do with my images or somebody's who said that about me. Like my whole thing is like, you know, why, why did we all start picking up a camera in the first place? Like, can we all think about that instead of thinking about what we think of each other? Like, mm-hmm. like think about yourself, you know, don't think about me, you know, and I have to try to fight that thing of, 
not thinking negative things about others. You know, it's, I think it's ingrained in who we are as people, but you know, I think if we could all just take a step back and focus on like, okay, why, why did I pick up a camera in the first place? Is it to argue on the internet? No, it's not. You know, it's to, it's to go out and have fun and do something that's, that's a release of, you know, creative endorphins in, in your brain. And yeah. And I, 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 I can only speak for myself, but uh, like, I kind of see them as two different things for me personally. Like I, and love photography. I love taking pictures, all that stuff. But I also really love just engaging people in thoughtful discourse, whether it be about politics or about whatever photography related thing, like the latest gear or like, or a technique or a process or whatever. But, um, I think often what happens is that, um, people take it like a a step too far and it becomes personal. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we we're, we're dealing with, with each other as artists here and artists tend to be passionate, you know? So, you know, passionate people, when they get in discussions, they, they tend to, you know, have a little heat under their ass as they're discussing it, you know? And so it's normal that, you know, conversations get a little bit, a little bit heavy sometimes in the, in the community and, you know, with, with people who are as passionate as you, it's, it's bound to maybe go to an uncomfortable place. But, (laughs) you know, for me, it's, I don't try to engage in a lot of that mostly because I'm, I'm pretty antisocial. Like as a person, like I've got like some pretty severe, like social anxiety quirks. Mm. And so I try to avoid that type of stuff a lot. Um, but I, I do like, having those discussions i just tend to do it with people who (laughs) people that are your friends (laughs) people that are my friends that you know i understand like if we disagree like it's it's no big deal like if miles and i disagree or or my wife and i disagree on something with photography like it's no big deal like we're just like whatever okay (laughs) like what are we having for dinner (laughs) you know like miles and i'll get into it over stuff from time to time, it's like, okay, well, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, it's funny because you'll more easily listen to the opinions of those people who are actually in your life than somebody you've never met on the internet. Yes. You know, so when you get in discussions that get heavy with your friend or your wife about photography, you're more open to listening to them and understanding their, their point of view, you know, mm-hmm. so. No, I totally, I totally get that. And I think, you know, there's, um, I feel like there's kind of two different um, things that we might be talking about. Because one is like people that actively just target people and talk negatively about them. And then, and then there's people that just are constantly engaging in debates and in controversial topics. Probably that, I probably, <laughs> I probably land in somewhere into that category somewhere, but, uh, sometimes, yeah. yeah, but, um, I think part of what starts to annoy me is, um, like people just go out of their way to, um, to find something negative to say about, um, fellow artists. And I'm sure, I don't know, I, I've, I've been guilty of it. I'm sure somewhere in your past, you've been guilty of it. Like, For Oh, sure. so I, it's, um, and it's a hard thing to, to like break out of and just be like, how can I say something that's maybe helpful and kind without, but also still make my point, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, 
you you don't want to listen to that you know advice you got when you're three years old saying if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all because sometimes in discussions you have to be a little bit firm and yeah you know if you're sharing your opinion you know you you want to make sure you're doing it with conviction but tact goes a long way you know yes and and sometimes I'm not super tactful, so that's when I follow that advice of, you know, if I don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Right. But, yeah, there are other people out there who they just they, – they really like to, to ruffle feathers and, you know, get, get heated discussions going, for better or worse. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And I just – I, I shy away from those situations, you know. Sure. No, I mean, that makes sense, especially – <clears throat> since you know you've been through what you've been through i feel like if if we've all been through something like that we probably have a different opinion about how we present ourselves online <laughs> yeah yeah it's just you know <clears throat> t- taking a step back i i look at it like okay well i could sit here and, and argue my stupid point on the internet which really nobody cares about my opinion like i'd i'd be hard pressed to find one person on the internet anywhere that really cares about what I have to say. And so unless I'm, you know, directly asked, you know, I, I just kind of don't, I don't share a lot that, that goes on. Do you, do you find that to be um, your natural kind of disposition or do you have to kind of like tell yourself, okay, don't, don't get involved here. Um, I think it's more natural now. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it took some practice, you know, to, to kind of get this way. And a general reevaluation of like, okay, what do I actually give a shit about in life? And once once you realize like, I don't give a shit about arguing on the internet, then it's like, oh, okay, that's just no big deal. And you know, it's worked its way to other places in my life. You know, Candace and I don't we don't have like big hash it out arguments. Like it's just kind of like we both understand we're not seeing eye to eye, and you know, it's no big deal, and you know. We, we could push the, push the subject further and further and further, or we could just be like, okay, well, whatever, let's go back to what we're doing and reconvene later. You know, I mean, it's, for me, I've, I've been working a lot on mental health, you know, the past 10 years and getting myself to a place that, that I'm happy inside my head. Yeah. And so, you know, this is, this has been kind of a long th- process and I'm finally to a point where I think I'm, maybe getting the hang of it. I don't know. Until somebody like talks shit about my chiefs or something. And then I, <laughs> then I blow my lid and <laughs> the so. Kansas city chiefs. Yeah, man. Uh, how are we even podcasting right now? Like, didn't they, don't they start playing in like five minutes? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I've got it recording. Okay. Well, lucky I, you, man. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I'm going to miss the first half of the Monday night game. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll watch it all back and I'm just like avoiding spoilers as we go. So. <laughs> right on. Well, yeah. um, gosh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, well, not to draw you into a um, controversial topic and that's not why I'm bringing it up. So just putting that out there. Yeah. But uh, um, I was talking with, um, I got, I got, I got the opportunity. It was really fun. I got to ride in the car with Alex Noriega for a couple hours last or two months ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking about um, people that like comp stomp, but like don't like it's a very obvious composition of like one person yeah. that like only that person has, and then they don't say anything in their photo description about you know like 
just giving that person props for inspiring them or whatever. And uh, he said that, uh, you know, he's gotten burned by like defending his stuff and he's trying to be more like you. And he said what you do, and I don't you can tell me if you do this or not, but I, I believe it. Like someone will do that of something that pretty much you're the only person who has that exact comp or whatever. And then you don't like engage them. You just like the next day you post that photo and you're like, <laughs> you're like copyright Ryan Dyer 2003 or whatever. Like, like, I, yeah, I did it like 10 um, years ago, buddy. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to say that's, that's my tactic. Okay. okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. Sometimes when that happens, like, Again, it's one of those things where if I don't have anything nice to say, I shouldn't say anything at all. And I've been guilty of being that that guy who's new to photography and, you know, shoots something that somebody else shot. You know, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. No. Like, comp, comp stomping, in my opinion, I, I've said this a lot over, you know, the past several years of, you know, I, I treat learning photography like I – I treat learning any art, you know, when you, when you first pick up a guitar, you don't start writing music, you play smoke on the water, you know, you play some of your favorite songs and, and all that. And once you're proficient with your instrument, then you are at a place where you can start writing music. So I feel like comp stomping in and of itself, while it sucks, sometimes when it happens to you, you've got to realize like it's a, it's a learning mechanism for people. For sure. And, and, you know, I I did it when I first started out. Oh, I I feel like most no, people do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But you know, sometimes knowing that and seeing, hey, somebody comments on me didn't didn't give me credit. I, I have to go. Okay, well, I'm not going to call them out because you know I've I've done the same thing before, and you know I'll I have to tell myself to understand that they're learning and they're having fun and if if they're enjoying their time with the camera, then good for them. You know, I'm not going to judge anybody's reasons for getting into landscape photography. If you want to get into it, you know, to be Instagram famous, fine by me. (laughs) So, so when it does happen, I tell myself those things, you know, they're having fun, they're enjoying it on whatever level they're, they're, you know, they're at and let it go. And then maybe, the next day I'm like, Oh yeah, I've done this too before you did. (laughs) So it's, yeah. Well, and I don't, I mean, I think, you know, I think it's one thing to, um, to comp stop when you're learning and you're a beginner or whatever. But if you have like 20, 30, hundred thousand Instagram followers, like, or whatever, like you're very well known, very well respected, very established photographer. And then you do it. And it's, it's just kind of like a head scratcher to me. Yeah. Again, if any, if any, I'll say this, if anybody's having fun with photography and they're enjoying it on a personal level, good for them. You do you. But at this point where I'm at in my photography, like I just, I can't really do that anymore. Like it it takes the, the fun out of it for me. You know, it's. No, I'm, I'm the same way, but. I haven't been there that long. Like, shit, I was in 2014. I was comp stomping the shit out of Columbia River Gorge. So, um, yeah. But, and and 
you know, there's there's comp stomping and there's like shooting the icons, which I think are two different things. Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Yeah, no doubt. But, I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. But if if people are having fun, then then let them have fun. If if they're doing it to be Instagram famous, I mean, fucking whatever. I mean, miss me with that shit. But but if if you're having fun, then then do it. I just I don't find enjoyment in doing that anymore. Yeah, you know. So no, I yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of Switzerland on that one, I guess. <laughs> That's fine. I, and I actually, like I said, I wasn't trying to um, bring that up as a topic necessarily. I just, I th- I think it's your approach to like like, I mean, obviously, you posting the same photo and saying like, yeah, I shot that like ten years ago. Like you do that for a reason. Uh, yeah. So yeah. it's not like you don't care. I'll, yeah. I'll- yeah, I'll, yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll admit it. Like it's just your you approach know, of handling it is much better than most people. <laughs> yeah, and shout out to Alex for for noticing that. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and that's actually, so I didn't notice it, but then when he mentioned it, I was like, "Oh, that makes a lot of sense," <laughs> and that's brilliant. That's yeah. the best way to respond. Yeah, I mean, if if I'm going to be aggressive, it's going to be super passive because I'm not really an aggressive person in general. Right, but. You know, when it does happen, and it's not to everybody. Like, like if it's somebody who, like, I'm like, yeah, I mean, you've been shooting quite a quite a bit, and you know, you're you're pretty good, and you know, you're you've got a lot of followers. Then it's it's different. Then I'm like, oh yeah, you've been shooting for a couple of years, and you know, I I totally get what you're doing. Yeah, you know, th- there's there's a lot of gray area in between. Them. Right. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of doing yeah. that. Shout out to Alex. I, <laughs> I dig Alex. He's, he's, he's a good guy. Freaking brilliant shooter. So absolutely, man. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, let's, uh, <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about <clears throat> your, um, your post-processing videos. Um, Cause yeah. um, it's actually pretty funny. A lot of the people that commented, um, on my post on the Facebook group, they were like, when is he going to release the next post-processing video? And I talked with Alex about that too. And I'd be, I'd be curious about like what your, your plan and your goal and like your kind of your long vision in terms of your processing videos. Like what's your approach to all that? I mean, it's kind of, you know, when, when I first started doing them, I was able to put out, you know, like three or four in a year, kind of, you know, spread them out and get them out there. And it was based off of, you know, I think when I first started putting them out, I'd been shooting for like eight years or something like that. And so I had eight years of knowledge that I was putting out there and, you know, eventually you put it all out. And now it's like, okay, well, these new ones are going to be like new things I learn along the way. You know, I, I kind of figure things out or change something up or, or find a different technique that I'm using. And, you know, create a video around that. So, you know, they're, they're not going to be, you know, four year because I don't personally learn enough in a year to release four videos, you know, yeah. so they're a little bit more spread out. Now I've got one like in the chamber, ready to go, like finished and ready to launch. It's just trying to find like the correct time to put it out. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where like, you know, you've got something going on in your life, so you can't really dedicate a lot of time to, to that because it's not like it just, eh, here it's up for sale and do whatever with it. Like you got to respond and, and, you know, answer questions, things like that to, to people who buy it. Well, but then. Go oh, ahead. I was going to say, I think it's, it's also kind of an interesting economics uh, problem because, um, you know, in some ways you're kind of uh, creating an artificial lack of supply to a product that only you have. Um, 
And so like the longer you wait to put it out, the higher the demand will be in the, um, and as long as the videos that you've already put out there are still generating revenue, it's kind of, yeah. it seems a little bit silly to just keep pumping out new videos unless you're seeing a huge decline in the, um, people buying the old ones. Like, I think it's an interesting yeah, sure. kind of a formula to kind of weigh out in your head. Yeah. I mean, because you're, you're tapped into a certain market and people who are your customers and, and, you know, they've eventually, you know, the, the ones who are going to buy will have bought and, you know, things will slow down. And so you do have to kind of, you know, release things sooner than later, you know, but yeah, you got to keep in mind, you know, okay, how much product can I put out? You know, how, how long should I wait in between before I piss people off or, <laughs> right. or, or people go, okay, well, I'm not going to, you know, I'm sick of waiting for him. Not that, I mean, it's, I, I'm a dumb shit. I mean, if, if anybody's waiting for me, I'd be surprised, but you know, it's, it's just a, it's a lot of different issues, you know, and it, timing has been like the biggest issue on this past one because, you know, I've had like some, some, you know, issues in, in my extended family and, you know, travels and, and then like being involved with different, like kind of partnership things with video bundles and then sales. And, and so trying to find the timing is, is difficult, but this next one, I think um, probably early December, like maybe for my birthday, I'll, I'll throw it out there or something. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, I know. Um, I think it's, I think it's smart to not, you know, like f- force it to be faster than it needs to be. I think, I think you're yeah. doing it the right way for sure. Thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Alex understands all of that too. I mean, it's, it's definitely not like it just, Hey, let's film this real quick and throw it out there and, you know, try to grab cash. It's, you know, because I, I like genuinely give a shit about, you know, what people are getting from me. Right. You know, I'm not saying my product's incredible because I suck at video editing. (laughs) I I, I suck at talking as everybody's experiencing right now. (laughs) So knowing, knowing those things, like I want to make sure like people are going, okay, yeah, that was worth the money spent. Yeah. Well, and not only that, but like, let's be honest, like there's a finite number of techniques that you can learn and or teach in a software. Yeah, for sure. And so that's, that's kind of been this new video is like, okay, well I've, I've started using some of my older techniques in like very different ways. And so it's time to go back. And one of my other videos, this is kind of going to replace that or supplement it a little Mm -hmm. bit. And so it's kind of a, a a new thing that I've been working on for, you know, a couple of years now, but yeah, man, these putting out these videos is, you know, it's, it teaches you about the business end, yeah, no doubt you know, of, of sales that you don't get from you know selling the occasional print or you know whatever. I mean, I, I'm no Aaron Reed. I'm not out there killing it in the print game. So you know, th- this is this is my area where you know you know a significant portion of my income comes from. So it's it's been quite the learning experience about the business behind sales and things like that and digital products. Yeah, but that was actually one of the um, kind of topics and or questions that I wanted to talk to you about as well is like obviously you don't have to tell us like numbers but i'd be curious and i think a lot of the other listeners are curious like like what is your um breakdown on percentages of like where your income comes from like between you know video tutorials and private workshops and workshops and print sales and things like that and actually 
Uh, Mark Hespin Heidi asked that question on the Facebook group, but I, I have the same question. So, <laughs> what up, Mark? Um, yeah. So let's let's say maybe one percent is prints. Like I just don't, you know, I, it's it's not like a big feature on my website. You know, hey, check out my gallery, or hey, you know, check out where I'm being featured for prints, or hey, you know, click add to cart and you know buy my print. You know, if people want to print, like they'll email me and I'll just work one on one with them. Right. But that's not a huge part of my business at all. Like that might happen, you know, five times a year, you know, and that that's fine with me, you know, because I'm also like not the best at printing. Like I've never spent a ton of time, like, you know, being Aaron Reed or Mark Metternich and like going like balls to the walls with, with printing, you know, I'll, I'll print it. Mostly it's just, I, I, take it to a place I trust and go, Hey, here's, you know, what the customer is asking for and they handle it. All. Right. Well, and I, I would, but, I would argue not to like go down that rabbit hole, but I'd argue that the, for the most part, most consumers can't really tell a big difference between like the super high end print yeah. and something that you can get produced at any number of like your standard print print lab. Yeah. Like if, if I was, you know, if I had a gallery next door to Peter Lick, I, I'd be like, okay, yeah, it's time to take this pretty fucking seriously. Right. But, but you know, it's me sitting in my office in my house, you know, going, okay, well, I, I don't know a ton about this, so I'm not going to botch it myself. I'll just, you know, have a lab do it. Right. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a small, small percentage. Um, and then it's probably, I don't know, 70, 30 with tours and video sales video sales being the 70. Wow. That's awesome, yeah. man. That's a, that's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's good that, you know, somehow I've lucked into being in a position where people, you know, would like to learn from me and I haven't, I haven't released something where people go, okay, I'm never going to buy from him again. <laughs> right. You know? So yeah, I'm, I'm super fortunate to be, you know, scraping together middle-class income. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm, uh, it's more than I ever expected in my life. I mean, I'm like a four-time college dropout. <laughs> and I was discharged from the military early, and and you know, it's it's uh yeah. So uh, I, I I had a not a lot going on before. For at what at what point did you kind of realize like I can make a go of this, and I should probably focus my attention on this? I wasn't gonna do it. Like I got laid off from my job. You kind of. When the economy tanked, no, nah, I mean, it wasn't when the economy tanked. It was, it was later. It was like 2012. Um, I got laid off from my job and, you know, moved up to Seattle with Candace from Portland and just had trouble finding work like for a while. There wasn't, you know, McDonald's or something like that. And it was getting to the point where I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to go to McDonald's. Like, you know, I got, I got to, I got to make money. And Candace was like, why don't you just try photography? Like, like you know, do that you're you know you're good at it and i was like no i'm I'm really not like apples to oranges i'm I'm a mediocre photographer and she she was really the driving force behind like hey give it a shot you know i believe in you i know you can do this i know money's tight right now but we're you know scraping by and you know just just give it a few months and you know try to make a go of it and you know Kudos to her. I mean, the love of my yeah. life for for really holding down the fort, you know, early in our relationship when I got laid off and uh, pushing me to do this. 
because I wasn't going to do it. Like it was, it was the last thing on my mind, really. Like being being a quote unquote pro photographer was never something I wanted. You know, and still sometimes I'm like, oh, God, I really <laughs> no, I I much would have rather finished college and done something, you know, in in a real industry. Mm-hmm. But you know, I've I've been gifted this, you know this career, I guess you could call it. And, uh, you know, I have Candace to thank for that because she really pushed me into it. And every year, you know, has gotten better and better as far as business goes. And, uh, you know, I think me slowly becoming a better photographer and things like that. So yeah, it's, it's on the up and up. So yeah. So when you, when you, when you pulled the trigger, like, uh, at what, uh, how did you, how did you first structure, like how you were going to monetize it? Like, did you say, yeah, the money is in videos or the money's in workshops or like, how did you piece it together in your mind? Um, just kind of, I guess the way everybody else is kind of doing it, you know, I, I, I looked at, okay, you know, you can, I can set my sights on trying to license images you know, as a, as a valid source of income. Well, that train has, has you know, driven off a long time ago. Um, Prince, you know, I, I don't know a ton about Prince and that seems like a, like a hard shell to crack, you know, to get into like, I'm making my money on Prince. So, you know, I, I'd done a few workshops and so I was like, you know, those are fun. It's, it's a nice way to get out and and make some money and meet people. That's always a, a nice way to make money. Because I'm hanging out with people from all over the world. I get to meet so many cool people and and I also get to make a few bucks doing it. So that and teaching processing on Skype, because I've always kind of I, I hate the fact that I have to say this, but I've always kind of been known as like, you know, I process a certain way. And sure. so, you know, I was like, okay, well, if that's kind of something I'm known for, processing a certain type of way, then maybe I'll just teach people how to process a certain type of way like I do. And not that I teach them how to process like me, but, you know, show them the tools that I use. And and so really that was it for the first couple of years as tours and, and, uh, and teaching processing and the occasional prints that came through and, you know, odds and ends, you know, licensing images that, you know, little windfalls of cash here and there. And then the videos came along and uh, those, those did, you know, better than than i expected not that i'm like crushing it in the video game at all really like you know they, they do okay and it's it's nice to have that income but um also you know having the opportunities to go lead tours for and with other people has been like a, a cool thing that i didn't think was going to happen to where i don't necessarily have to sit there and build my own tour schedule all the time every year you know i can i can go okay well you know the guys at lefotentours.com you know arl and stan they'll have me come out and lead tours with them and they kind of set it all up and i show up and hang out with my friends and meet cool people and that's so cool and then you know being able to to run a tour for marcel van Oosten is like a complete honor because he's you know He's been my idol for, since day one when I got him into photography. So when he hit me up and said, hey, we want you to lead a tour for us, you know, for a few years, I was floored by that and said, absolutely, you know, tell me what I need to do and I'll do it. 
And so that's kind of been a cool new thing. But yeah, it's just one of those slow build things where, you know, I, I started with, you know, sitting there on Skype teaching people stuff. And then it, that just evolved into videos and the, the small tours I was doing evolved into, you know, running tours internationally. And I don't know. And I've gotten lucky at every turn. Like it's, it's not been my dedication to my craft for sure. That's interesting. You know, I've, I've gotten super lucky. So how did you get started in the, in learning your processing? Like, was it all self-taught or did you learn, did you have a mentor that you learned a lot of stuff from and then you kind of developed some of your own stuff from, from there? Or how did that all come about? Um, I had a buddy back before I was into landscape photography, you know, I, I had a camera and like I fucked around with it, but I had a buddy, um, Nate Hassler. He's uh, at Nate zero four seven on Instagram. Brilliant, brilliant photographer, but he's an automotive photographer and he's, he's worked with, you know, car and driver and road and track. And he, he's an incredible shooter an incredible processor, but a very different industry. He showed me way back in the day, like 2006, probably like, you know, what Adobe camera raw was and how to make, you know, a curves adjustment in, in Photoshop. I was like, Oh, that's cool. So I could add contrast to my images now. And that, that was really like the only teaching I got. And from there, I just kind of played with Photoshop and just figured it out and, you know, read things in outdoor photographer magazine or, or on the naturephotographers.net forum. Like, you know, you pick up odds and ends from there and it, yeah, you just, pick up little tidbits and play around with them and, you know, spend hours plucking around in Photoshop trying to, Hey, what's this tool do? What's this tool do? <laughs> you know, that sounds I, like me, man. That's yeah. pretty much how I got where I am, which is yeah. still a long ways to go, but yeah, I totally. Mean, yeah. You just, you, you sit there and you play around with it and you figure out what's in here that I can use. And 99% of the time it's like, Oh, okay. This is not a, a menu I need to be in. And you back out. <laughs> but every now and then you're like, Oh, this is kind of weird and cool. And so, yeah, you just, I don't know, I just played around with stuff and, and, uh, you know, I've, I've watched you things on YouTube. Like if I, if I'm struggling with a problem in Photoshop nowadays with YouTube, I don't know. I don't know how people live without YouTube, to be honest, (laughs) anything you ever need to know, you just go to YouTube and like some guy, you know, who's in his basement with his, you know, Motorola flip phone going, this is how you do it. And it's got like a million views and he's got like three subscribers but there's something for everything on YouTube. I know the other day, like, uh, like my PlayStation four controller had like one of the buttons sticking. And I was like, see, see, I was that, like, how do you take this thing apart? <laughs> that's, that's playing too much Red Dead Redemption is what it, what it is. Yeah, man. And I was like, Oh, here's a deal. And like, sure enough, like, boom, I was like following it step by step and boom, my controller was taken apart and fixed. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> in, anything in the world you, you can find on YouTube. And so, yeah, when I have a problem in Photoshop, well, YouTube it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how, like, I don't know, like, you can teach yourself a lot if you have the patience and time to just, like, actually want to. I think what's interesting, though, is, like, there's a lot of photographers out there that don't want to learn that way. They just want someone to tell them, here's how you do it. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I can completely understand that. I mean, you wouldn't have a business if that wasn't true. (laughs) Yeah. And and, I mean, I get that way sometimes too. I'm like, I don't want to figure this out on my own. I want to go to to YouTube and I've, you know, 
over the years, like I've traded videos with Enrico and, and like Chip Phillips, like we'll trade videos here and there and watch each other work. And oh, not, that's cool. Yeah, definitely not that I'm ever going to go, oh, I saw this in Enrico's video and I'm going to turn around and sell it in my own video. Right. Like that's that's a, a shitty move. But just to like watch the way other people work for me is like, oh, that's interesting. I never would have thought about that. Mm-hmm. You know, not so much technique based, but like theory based. And like Miles and I, like we'll we'll sit there and he'll show me something on on Photoshop. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I never would have seen that before. Or or Candace, you know, we'll bounce ideas around with each other. So yeah, I, I definitely do get the whole like I want to see somebody do it. But there's that big part of me that's like, I want to figure this out because that's half the fun for me is like plucking around and trying to get my, my, you know, very untech savvy self to figure out tech. So, yeah, no, I'm, that's pretty much how I learned. Like, although I would yeah. say the, the best, the best thing for me was like buying the TK panels with the videos. Like Dude, those are so good, right? <laughs> like it just, I don't know. Like it just opened up so many doors and like they're, they're tiny doors, you know, like it, yeah. like, but you can do so much with it. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's definitely the, the TK actions are one of those things where it's like getting into it. The cost of admission is pretty high. Not, not the, you know, cost of buying the actions but you know the, the price of admission as far as like dedication and brain power that goes into wrapping your head around what all this is at first but once once you kind of have that light bulb above your head moment you go oh this is how these work then it's like oh my god i can use these for everything <laughs> yeah like you know? oh i can use this for for like anything like it's yeah. not just uh Color adjusting work, contrast work anything texture yeah it's crazy <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember the first time I tried to use luminosity masks was probably 2008. Like it was just like a couple actions, you know. It was like there was like two highlights, two shadows, and two midtones, and it was just an action. It didn't do anything else. There was no panel, and I'm going, "What the hell am I am I doing with these?" And Tony, <laughs> Tony had like a, a little bit of a instruction thing that. I read through and I'm like, I understand three of the, the words in this whole paragraph. <laughs> and so you just kind of play around with them. But then once I got it, I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. I can do so much with this. So yeah, yeah shout out to, to Tony Kuiper and Sean Bagshaw. No doubt. Like, I feel like um, there's so many people, like the foundation of their work is based on TK actions. Oh, for sure. Yeah. What about you? Like, are you creating your own luminosity masks or are you using no. TK actions? Yeah, or are you I, like... Yeah, I use the the Tony Kuiper panel. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, one, I don't want to get into creating my own actions and masks and stuff because I'll, I'll screw it up. And you know, I I tend to give give my trust and credit to the guy who you know developed it. Right. Really, you know, which well, is Tony. Why fix it if it's not broken? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and he, he's done nothing but kind of he created this little thing so many years ago and then has done nothing but just perfect it and perfect it and perfect it over and over and over, over the years. So, you know, I go, okay, Tony really knows his shit. And, and so does Sean Bagshaw because Sean's been teaching this stuff for so many years. And so yeah. I'm like, I could try to, you know, figure this out myself and create my own actions or my own panel or whatever, or I could just, you know, pay what $30, you know, the, the, nothing for photographers. We, we spend so much money on, other shit and lenses and you know filters and you know 
stupid accessories for our backpack. You know, you spend $30 on, on the action panel and you're like, you're set. Well, I've, I thought it'd be cool uh, to take some time to answer some of the listener questions. Um, so these aren't necessarily in any particular order and some of them are more serious than others. So, Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) um, and you know, some of these are longtime listeners. And so I, you know, I gotta, I gotta let them get their questions in. So, um, but this one will be easy. Uh, Gary Randall wants to know, (laughs) Grandpa. grandpa wants to know, um, why are you reduced to hanging around the likes of people such as Miles Morgan? <laughs> um, God, I've not figured that out yet. Like he, he asked me to be the best man at his wedding. I was like, how do I tell this guy? No, like, ah, I couldn't, sorry. I couldn't figure out a way to tell him. No, you know, miles is like a, he's like a big brother, yeah. you know, like he, he and I in most walks of life should not be friends. Like he's a very well to do charismatic type a personality pilot and i'm kind of like a grubby chubby you know i haven't shaved in a week artist who's sitting in my office you know he's got tattoos and stuff but for some reason he and i just like clicked when we met and uh yeah we've just been like best friends and brothers ever since so yeah that's awesome it's it's hard to find those kinds of connections these days i feel like yeah and i mean for for nothing other than a couple friendships and my marriage, you know, I'm, I'm thankful to photography for that, you know? Yeah. Isn't that so cool that photography, like one of the coolest things for me is like, you can bring two people together that have like, that's the only thing they have in common. Like, yeah. Like one person might be super hardcore, like liberal and the other person's like a huge Trump fan, but like, because of their connection to photography, like they can have an amazing relationship. Yeah. And and people from different religions. And I mean, there's, you know, there's no way I would have like become, you know, really good friends with anybody, you know, from, from Pakistan, but I have. Right. You know, like, like, and I'm not religious at all, you know, but, but, you know, there, there's no way a guy living in Pakistan would ever meet me and vice versa. But photography is this awesome conduit for friendships and, and interaction and experience. So, Yeah. yeah. All right. So this one's more of a serious question, Um, but uh, Candy Watson would like to know how much harder do you think uh, drone photography is than still photography, still photography, uh, especially with all of the rules that you have to follow? Uh, First off, shout out to Candy. She's an awesome woman. Um, Yeah. Drone photography is just, while it, it opens up like so many doors in perspectives and things like that, it's really strict. And I'm totally for strict rules and regulations on drones because I know like when I'm out, you know, if I'm walking on the beach with, you know, with my family, last thing I want is some drone buzzing my head. Right. Like, right. You know, I, so I totally get the limits on drone photography, but I think it's still worth it to play with drones and use drones for me because despite the, the limitations that are set upon you, it's, it's such a cool, different perspective on things that, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to, you know, charter a helicopter to, <laughs> right? You know, to go shoot some aerial stuff, which is, you know, which is good. But, you know, at the same time, you've got a billion drones flying around Iceland and it's pretty annoying. So, right. Um, yeah, it's, 
in my opinion, it's, it's worth it for me personally. But you know, if, if you're not interested in, in aerial photography, then save yourself a grand and uh, and a few headaches, and you know, don't bother. Yeah, you know, I've always been really fascinated with drones. Like, I've never actually flown one myself, but um, um, one of the things I've heard from other people that got into drones and then got out of using drones is, um, especially landscapers, is um, like they don't feel like they have a, a connection to the the place or the image because you know like you're not seeing it with your own eyes like i don't know it's hard to explain you know like when you're manipulating the camera on the tripod like you're the one like actually physically moving the uh, the camera and changing the perspective yeah. like has that been your experience at all or for me no i mean i can understand having a different connection with the place because you're not sitting there, you know, setting your own eyes on the subject a lot of the times from the angle you're viewing it. Mm-hmm. But I still feel like, you know, the the connection is there as far as, you know, I'm creating something. I'm not having a robot do it for me. You know, I'm still I'm still connected. I'm still composing. You know, it's it's still my process that's going into creating it. But I can definitely understand feeling less connected to maybe the subject matter or the composition. Right. You know, it's, you're, you're no longer representing what you see, you know, before you. Right. You know, so. Yeah. I can kind of understand both sides. Yeah. I think I would struggle with it, but I also would love some of the perspectives that you can get with it that you can't, obviously you can't get it with, <laughs> unless you are Superman. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think drones will ever replace the SLRs, you know. Right, so yeah. I think, I think we're safe there. <laughs> All right. Um, my buddy, Michael Bellino, wants to know, how are you? Mikey. Yeah. How are, Mikey fed me tacos one time, <laughs> him and his wife. Awesome. Dude, he's he's good people, man. He, he's one of the best, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how are you doing battling your bacon, bacon addiction? Oh, God, so not good. Candace, um, Candace, um, got up early and made um, like breakfast bagel sandwiches with you know fried egg and, and bacon and cheese on it on 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 Saturday morning and it was absolutely incredible and there's still like half of the bacon left that needs to be cooked and I'm sitting there going God I shouldn't make it I shouldn't make it I shouldn't make it but uh, I don't know I'll probably make some tomorrow who knows <laughs> it's bad it, I love bacon I, I hear you well I'm a vegetarian so, but I've yeah, Used to. I was about to say sorry. Sorry to all the vegetarians and vegans out there. I, 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 I fully support everything you're doing, but I'm, I'm such a weak man. <laughs> it's all good. Um, all right, uh, let's see here. Uh, Nathan uh, Saint Andre wants to know um, one thing that he's noticed, and I've noticed this too myself, um, is that your photos are typically dark, um, or at least historically, you most of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would agree. Yeah. I, he wants to know, like, have you printed them much? And like, do you run into issues of like the print coming out too dark and like not being able to see any details? And like, what do you do? How do you deal with that? It's for sure. Like a fine line that, that you have to walk when you process dark images. And, you know, I, I walk the wrong side of that line sometimes. Cause you're not printing a lot. But, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you definitely have to, adjust for print like wholeheartedly you have to adjust for print and then you kind of you you print on different materials for a certain 
types of images, yeah. you know, like, like a really dark kind of muted scenes, not going to, you know, print well on like a, like a rag paper or something like that, you know, just everything goes just so muddy, you know? So, I mean, you definitely have to adjust for print and, and you, you have to, you know, you have to keep in mind when you, when you're posting your dark shots that, you know, some people like me, like I look at, at images on my computer or on my phone with the screen brightness turned down like below halfway, you know, and then that's how I process. Like I process super dark screen mm -hmm. because if I process a bright screen, then my shots turn out even darker. And so I force myself to process brighter by doing that. Yeah. I, and I don't know what it is with me and like processing dark. It, it, it probably speaks to, you know, my soul or something <laughs> like that. But, but yeah, I mean, th those are things you definitely have to take into account. And, you know, I've, I've always found the best way to go about it is just run test prints. Yeah. You know, have, have your printer or if you're printing at home, like run test prints, like don't, don't run off, you know, 24 by 36 is and, and go, okay, let's see what this looks like. You know, run a little four by six and, and say, oh, okay, way too dark and, you know, readjust. But yeah, that's just me. And again, I'm no printing guru. Yeah, I learned a long time ago, especially with um, night photography. Like, um, I, I typically will post online. It'll be like kind of the way I processed it. Um, but yeah. when I go to print it, I'll actually kind of bump the luminosity up a little bit just because I know sure. those darks are going to get lost. Um, yeah. Yeah. You always have to significantly uh, up those dark photos in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. And, and night, night photos, especially like those are hard yeah. to print. Really hard. You know? <laughs> Every, I, most of the time they still come out too dark. It's like, Oh damn it. I know. I know. It, it's just, we, we get so used to looking at things on like this shiny backlit, you know, computer or phone I screen. Know. And it is paper. will never do that. Yeah. So yeah, we, we've set ourselves up for failure. <laughs> Um, all right. Another not so serious question from Aaron Martinez. Um, what is the story behind Ryan Dyer's stomach Facebook page? Oh God, that was a, that was an inside joke between I think me and Brian Rube in like 2008. And because he and I would get talking about like what I'd eaten that day and it just became this thing. And so like I just started this joke Facebook page um, <laughs> with uh, like 10 years ago. Probably, you know, like, yeah, about 10 years ago. And uh, <laughs> I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't believe that's still on Facebook. Okay. Uh, um, I'll have to go delete that. I don't even know if I can log in. <laughs> I'll have to go delete this before, delete it before this airs. Like what kind of content is on there? I haven't actually looked. I don't know. I, I was probably talking about Taco Bell. <laughs> That's funny, dude. dude. Dude, Taco Bell is my jam. Like, like <laughs> I was just talking about this with Candace the other day. Like, like one of the things that I love just as much as photography is cooking. Like, if if that's something people don't know about me, is like I like to cook, and I'm I don't want to sound like an asshole, but I'm pretty good. <laughs> I'm not great. I'm not a chef. Like I couldn't be on like, you know, chopped or some shit, but I'm pretty good for yeah, a yeah. cook. And, and like, like I love fine dining. Like I, I don't mind going out and like spending good money on like a really good meal at, at like a nice place. Right. But, oh God damn. If I don't love Taco Bell. Oh my God. It's so <laughs> bad. Like, 
It's I drive by Taco Bell and I have to talk myself off the ledge. That's so, hilarious. Yeah, it's probably a lot of Taco Bell talk. Shout out to Taco Bell. I'm I'm looking for for brand ambassadors. Official sponsor of F Stop Collaborate yeah. and Listen, Taco Bell. Taco Bell, yeah, make me a brand ambassador. I am down. <laughs> All right, I have um, one more listener with has a couple more questions. Um, Ken Kelcherman's he has a couple of questions for you, so we'll do one at a time. Uh, the first question is: um, Can music influence the way that you post process? Meaning, like. Do you listen to music while you're processing and um, does that impact what you're doing when you process? Kind of. Yes. Like I, I listen to music while I'm processing for sure. Um, but the music I'm listening to at the time kind of, it'll determine what image I process, not ah. how I process. Like, like if I'm like, if I'm on some Kendrick Lamar shit at, at that time, then I'm like kind of pumped up and, and feeling good and, and, you know, feeling kind of hype. And so I'll process something that's a little bit more kind of upbeat. And, and, and if I'm, you know, listening to, to, you know, some heavy, heavy, like metal. Oh, I thought you were going to say Celine Dion. No, I mean, that, that Titanic song is good, (laughs) but um, no, like if it's some like heavy metal stuff, then, you know, it's dark, you know, dramatic, stormy, mean, aggressive type of shot that I'm going to process. And I, I, I don't think it's a conscious thing I do, mm. but it's just kind of, yeah, you know, and, and I think it more has to do with my mood than, you know, what I'm listening to, you know, my mood dictates what I'm listening to at the time. Yeah. So it has more to do with mood than it does music. It's funny. I don't listen to any music when I process, which is, I don't know why I just don't, <laughs> I probably should. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think it helps at all or does anything for you you know, in regards to your processing, I'm just one of those guys who I, I can't stand silence. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I, I need a fan going in the bedroom when I, when oh, I sleep I'm the same way white. for sure. Yeah. 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 Like I, I don't like to be alone with the thoughts more than I have to be. So yeah, I, I keep, I think keep background noise on for sure. So along that same line, one of his other questions is, is like, what are some other kind of, um, I think he's kind of getting at like, what's the environment like for you as an artist when you're processing? Like, um, are there colors on the wall? Is it dark in the room? Like, is your desk clean or is it cluttered? Like, does any of that impact your processing or do you not think about any of that? Or, I mean, Candace and I are like clean freaks, (laughs) you know, by nature. So my desk is like super clean and organized, but I mean, my office walls are just white. I've got, like I don't have photography hanging in my office and looking around. I've got like uh, band posters that are autographed and like, you know, my favorite formula one drivers autograph on, on a Ferrari hat. And it, it's not like a, this photography Zen space. Like it's just my little yeah. corner, of the, corner of the house, you know, up here in my office away from noise and everything. But uh, yeah, nice. I, don't, I don't know. Mine's, mine's pretty cluttered. I've got camera equipment, an empty, empty, beer glass which used to have beer in it until we started talking um i'm out of beer. i should have grabbed one but i'm out yeah dude it's the best uh all right well thanks for thanks for indulging on, yeah, uh the listener questions i just have a couple more questions for you so the first question is uh what advice do you have for other photographers oh um 
stop paying so much attention to what everybody else is doing. Like that, and I only say that because that's advice I give myself. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I've taken I've taken a backseat to social media just because I don't necessarily like the way it always makes me feel. Yeah, it's the same reason like I don't enter photography contests anymore, and it do, it doesn't have a lot to do with social media or contests. It has more to do with me. Um, but I, I notice a trend in myself when I'm indulging, you know, social media and contests in that kind of mindset. And I don't like how it makes me feel. Mm. And so that's the advice I give to other people. Like just, you know, geek out on your own portfolio of images. I mean, definitely still look at photography. Like don't, don't starve yourself of inspiration and things like that. But, you know, maybe, maybe find a place where you're, you're soaking up just photography and not, you know, the, the nonsense that goes along with the, I don't know. I, I hate to say community or industry because it sounds kind of bigger than, than I want it to, but this little kind of group that we have, you know, it, it gets heated inside of it and it kind of makes everybody feel bad. So if we can all focus more on why we're doing it and our work, and I think it could make us feel better and yeah. feel more fulfilled. And, and that's just for me. Like I'm probably saying that to myself more than I'm saying it to, to anybody else out there. Yeah, no, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. And yeah. I, th- I think, cause, um, I feel the same way. Like, especially if I spend a lot of time on Instagram, I start to yeah. get grumpy. <laughs> um, yeah. and like, I don't know. I think one of the things I've been doing is, um, if I don't like something or whatever, instead of like jumping in and like, Oh, that's whatever. I just either move past it or I just unfollow that person completely. And just like, I don't need to engage i just need to get rid of it and then for the stuff that i really do like i I go out of my way to like say like i really like this and i like what you did here and i like the things that really do move me i like i try to focus on the positives i guess yeah i mean i I think it's that's probably a good mindset to be in where you're you're just as generous with the unfollow button as you are with the you know the likes and, and comments yeah you know because you're saving that person and yourself, you know, negative feelings. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, not to name any names, but uh, I've been unfollowing a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, and, and I think that's perfectly normal, you know, and I'm, I'm sure plenty of people unfollow me and, you know, it's no big deal. Yeah. I mean, it's, if they, if they don't like it then move on. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, like I, I've been a huge Howard Stern fan for a long time. And uh, like the, the biggest argument, you know, going on for the longest time was, you know, him being raunchy on the radio or whatever, and the FCC coming down on him. And his biggest argument back was like, if you don't like it, change the channel. And while this is definitely apples and oranges, you know, that, that theory still stands. Like if you don't like it, just turn the channel. Yeah. Like no one's forcing you to, to look at your photos. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, of CSI, so I don't watch it. Right. Although I will say like one of the things that started to really bother me is like, um, the people that I really don't like their photography for whatever reason. Um, I started like, I'd, I'd unfollow them or whatever. And then like a couple of the, like, you know, hubs or, 
whatever those kind of pages that I was following, yeah. they would share their photos. And I'm like, I can't yeah. escape. <laughs> yeah, you can't get away from it. <laughs> so yeah, I started I mean, unfollowing all the hubs. And yeah, it's just. Yeah. <laughs> See, the nature of the beast, man. It is, yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Well, who do you think would be awesome to hear on the podcast? Okay. So uh, right off the bat, Enrico Fossati, just because like I'm a mega fan of his work and I've not really heard him like openly discuss a lot of stuff and I'd just be like super curious to hear his insights. Um, Arnold Heitman, just because he's like the funniest person I know. And he's like also super passionate. Like, he he won't be as as tied back as I have been. You know, uh-huh. he's he's super, <laughs> he's super he's super free with with letting opinions fly. Um, it's a, it'd just be funny to to listen to him go off. But he's he's also you know a super photographer. You know, it's you know become like a brother to me. And uh, Elizabeth Brentano, she goes by Elizabeth on the road on Instagram. Um, she's like super into you know, a message with her photography. And I, I think that would be mm. cool to hear her openly discuss some of the topics that she's passionate about. So I like it. That's, that's who I'd pick. How can people learn more about what you're doing and your videos and, and things like that? Um, don't Google search me cause you'll get <laughs> re- results that aren't, aren't super awesome. Uh, no, Ryan Dyer.com and at Ryan Dyer everywhere else. Cool. Simple, simple as that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, dude, uh, thanks for engaging in conversation. It's been really fun. And dude, yeah, it was awesome to like sit down and get to know you a little bit. Yeah, it's. Um, I really liked what you had to say about you know infighting and all that. So I think that people that message I think will resonate for people. So. Well, thanks for spending a little bit of time with me and giving me a, a platform. I, I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, my pleasure. All right. Well, thanks to Ryan for taking the time to visit with me on the podcast. I hope you feel like you know the man behind the lens a little bit after, a little bit better after listening. Uh, thanks to our most recent Patreon supporter, Dave Morrow. Man, you're the man. I appreciate you signing up to keep the podcast going. It means a lot to me. Seriously, uh, really appreciate that. I know not everyone has the money to help out, but if you like the show and you can't support us on Patreon, I'd love it if you could spread the word by making a post about what you like about the podcast and sharing it on social media, or consider writing a five-star review about the podcast on iTunes. Those really do help generate interest in the podcast and attract more listeners. Um, I love hearing from listeners, so if you want to drop me a line about the podcast, either with suggestions or ideas or guest ideas, whatever, man, reach out to me via my website at mattpeenphotography.com or hit me up on the social medias. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram as mattpeenphoto or on Facebook as Photography. I hope you'll join us over on the Facebook group. We do a lot of really fun things on there, including take listener questions for upcoming guests. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.